This episode of the New Hampshire Business Show is sponsored by Everlasting Capital. If you're a small business and you need money and a bank won't give it to you, Everlasting Capital is here to help. In as quickly as a couple of days, you can have the funding your business needs for new equipment or anything else you could need the capital for. So submit your application today and see how they can help you out. Hello everyone, welcome back to the New Hampshire Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana and today we are here with Jay Brooks of the Knights Hall. Good morning, everyone. How's it going? Excellent, excellent. Cool. So I'm really excited about this one. Um, this was very unique, and as we were talking about a little bit, when I first saw it, I was super interested. I used to love this type of stuff when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I still do. Um, so it's looking really cool. So let's talk about the Knights Hall and what it is and what you do. Sure. So uh, the Knights Hall is a full contact, full force, uh, real armor, real weapons training facility. We train people to fight uh, as knights did uh, in the Middle Ages for medieval sport. Uh, we also teach martial arts uh, of the Middle Ages, but we're geared towards the competitive sport of armored combat. Okay. So where did you get the idea to start a school like this? Uh, so I've had the idea of starting a school like this for about 35 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started doing medieval combat uh, in 1981 when I was 16 years old. Uh, I started doing it down at Brown University, uh, fighting in another organization that did medieval fighting with wooden weapons called the Society for Creative Anachronisms. I was in that for many, many decades. Uh, And then uh, I was kind of bored. I had been fighting for years, been winning a lot, uh, and I always wanted to push the envelope of medieval combat and how we were doing it to be more realistic and to, uh, to be a bit rougher. Uh, I wanted us to punch and kick and throw and use real steel weapons. Yeah. Uh, we were using uh, rattan weapons, uh, which can leave a bruise or break a bone, but it's not the same as hitting someone with a real sword or yeah. a real axe. Uh, so to go back to uh, 2011, uh, I had been a champion in that organization. I had just stepped down out of my championship, and I go on Facebook and I go, what do I do now? Yeah, and um, one of the guys out in Arizona sent me a link and showed me a video on YouTube of basically what Russians were doing. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is what the Russians are doing. And it was a an event being held in Ukraine at a at a castle, and uh, Poland, Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine were all fighting at this big event. Yeah, and I'm like oh, wait a minute, those are real halberds, those are real battle axes, those are real swords. They're really hitting each other. Oh, look at the punches, look at the kicks. Why aren't we doing this here? It looked Russia. <laughs> right? And, uh, and I went, why aren't we doing this here? Uh, this is what I've been talking about for 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you talk to any of my, my students, you know, because I've been teaching folks for a long time, they're, that's, this is what I've been looking for. So... Um, I, I have a career at the time, um, a project manager working for a business solutions company. And uh, I said, well, I make good money. I want to do this. So I opened up a school called the Knights Hall. And so I opened up the Knights Hall to train me. Yeah. It wasn't meant to train <laughs> the hordes or, or as a business or anything like that. It was very organic. It was like, I'm renting a space in this mill so I can get myself to be a better fighter. And 
lose the 60 pounds that I put on yeah. doing corporate stuff. <laughs> so I lose my weight and I get myself in good shape and suddenly a couple of more guys want to come train there as well. And so I start training another you know, few guys and 2014 rolls around and we come home from the world championships in 2014 with a pile of gold medals. Uh, the United States wins seven out of the nine gold medals and a silver and bronze are the ones we didn't win. And I get home and I go, you know what? I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, in June of 2014, I made the decision that I was going to change careers and uh, I was going to teach armed combat full time. Mm -hmm. I had uh, zero paying students. Yeah. Um, I had a 401k and my wife's <laughs> 401k and uh, I said, honey, I want to do this. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and I doubled our footprint. So I rented a, another unit adjacent to mine, doubled us up. So we went to from uh, 2,000 square feet to really about 4,500 square feet. Yeah. And uh, I put in a locker rooms and, and I started doing a training. I held an open house. Three, uh, three guys showed up. I still have those three guys to this day, um, and they're you know they're top-notch fighters with gold medals and all that fun stuff. Uh, my son moved up from Rhode Island to train with me, uh, so he uh, in 2014. So uh, it was he and I, and then the three guys, and then five guys, and then so on and so on. Uh, people came and went, uh, but now we're. We're strong at about 50 uh, members training at the school, uh, full-time training. Yeah. So uh, between 2014 and now, uh, you were, we're at, it'll be five years uh, in May, uh, that we've actually been a paying business uh, as opposed to a hobby. Uh, we offer fitness classes. We offer sword training classes, axe training classes. Yeah. Uh, using modern techniques uh, so we do a lot of hit training uh, based off of Tabata's work uh, which I call night fit uh, which is a workout program designed specifically for people being in armor and fighting in armor okay. so we're, it focuses a lot on the legs and the core and your cardio uh, less on the upper body uh, as Americans we tend to have pretty good upper bodies already yeah. uh, so uh, we change the way people uh, train uh, to meet armored combat. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's probably very different. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> intense. Uh, most of the training uh, right when you come in the door, is it's hard. I, yeah. I want it to be hard. Training and fighting in armor is very hard. Armor uh, is 60, 65 to 85, 90 pounds. Mm -hmm. And you've got to wear that. And you're going to fight in that for between 15 seconds and eight minutes in yeah. any one round. So, uh, especially if you're fighting group fights, which we, we specialize in. So, uh, group fights are three on three, five on five, 10 on 10, 16 on 16, 30 on 30 type fights, hmm. uh, where you got one guy grabbing a guy, spinning around so another guy can hit him with an ax, you throw him to the ground, you move on to the next one. So it, it, there's a lot of tag team type fights. Yeah. You'd have seen some of this in the show Night Fight, which we're heavily involved in. Yeah. That's, 
really impressive. Um, I was in the military, so I kind of have an idea what it's like to move with that much weight on. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. So nope. I can only imagine this type of combat, which is probably very, very physical. <laughs> it is very physical. Uh, you are going to get hurt. You can get you know you can get hurt through your armor. What we're yeah. trying to do is not get injured. Yeah. And that's why we do a lot of training. And we also are very specific about our armor and our armor standards. Yeah. You know, so if, if you go to our website, you'll find the rules for armored combat, and they're very specific. Mm-hmm. The materials are specific. You know how a helmet can be made, what it's made out of, what the shapes are, what the openings are, etc. Yeah. So I'm assuming that would probably be maybe not difficult, but it's not like a clothing store where you go down the street and you can have clothing. You have to find someone that can make armor to those standards. That must be. That must have been tricky in the beginning. It is really tricky. Uh, the number of folks who could do uh, make armor like that in the beginning were very few and far between. Yeah. Lots of people said they could. Mm. Uh, but what happened is you'd have helmets break open, yeah. uh, weapons snap. So we created a whole bunch of procedures to test all of those things. And then we vet all of our manufacturers now. So uh, we've done that since really since the first swords broke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like 2012, we started uh, doing what we call an anvil test. So our weapons have to strike an anvil. If they don't break, then they're good. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, we've got that test in place, and then we've got all kinds of measurements and, and materials measurements uh, for Rockwell hardness and all that stuff, which. There's a lot of technical stuff that we don't really need to go into here. Yeah. But uh, we do have a lot of uh, strict rules. We, we talk about uh, concussion padding in our helmets because there's a lot of strikes to the head. Yeah. So we make sure that uh, we try to mitigate uh, damage to the head with uh, anti-concussive foams. We use some of the state-of-the-art stuff that the NFL is using. Uh, a company called Unequal makes some great material for absorption of impact. Uh, so we use that. Uh, we use Zorbethane and uh, we use some uh, medieval, actually, ways of doing it where they did suspension liners on the insides of the helmet. Hmm. So, much like a modern combat helmet, yeah. uh, it's got a suspension and then it's got padding. Uh, and in our case, we have three layers of padding. Uh, plus some suspension. Yeah. So if you're padding your helmet correctly, you don't really feel anything to the head. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So uh, I guess the question is from the time you start, so you walk in the door, you're a new student, how long does it take you to get from there to actually being on the field fighting? Well, so, you know, having money is a, is a, is a big helper. Yeah. If I want to, uh, and I want to spend five, six grand, I can be an armor in two weeks. Yeah. All right, I'm going to be in armor in two weeks, but I'm not going to be trained. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to swing a sword. I'm going to get my butt beat. <laughs> and, 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 and that's and call it a day. Uh, I believe a rookie takes about 18 months to okay. solidify. Uh, they take about six months to condition. Even someone who comes in with in relative good physical shape yeah. still has to body harden and get used to movement in armor. Yeah. And that takes about six months. Just movement takes about six months. And then from then on, you're, now you're starting to learn, okay, so what jujitsu and judo can I use? Well, if the goal is to stay standing, which is what the sport is, that means a lot of the things that you do that require you, or that will make you go to the ground with them, you have to scratch. Yeah. 
And so that takes away a, a, an amazing number of, of possible throws Yeah, uh, because you have to keep your feet. So that limits the, the number of throws that happen. Uh, and now you're adding axes to this and you're adding swords to this and you're adding leverage from those weapons to yeah. this to help you with your throws. Um, or uh, you want to punch, you want to kick. Well, you know, you're punching, but your arm is now slower because you're wearing 10 pounds of steel yeah. on your arm with a steel gauntlet. However, now you've got all that added weight to your punch. So if you judge your punch correctly, you're hitting with an extra pound, 10 pounds of weight in your hand. Yeah. Uh, so there are all kinds of benefits uh, to training in it. So you learn how to maximize yourself as a weapon because an armored fighter themselves is a weapon. Yeah. You know, their whole body is a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, their shins are armored. So you can kick somebody pretty good with your shin, you know, into the into the back of the leg, right? Or yeah. uh, kick them in the head. Uh, <laughs> if they're bent over, yeah. knees to the face, those work. You're wearing steel knees, kneeing someone in a, in a steel helmet, but that force still transfers up and through the face. Hmm. Wow. So there's a lot we can talk about here. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about, so we got the Knights Hall. Um, you guys are in Nashua? Yes, we're in Nashua right on Lake Street okay. in the old uh, Lake Street shoe mill. All right, cool. Um, you had mentioned you're, you're opening more classes. We are. Because you guys are We're, we're booming uh, <clears throat> thanks to word of mouth and uh, a television show. Yeah. Uh, folks know that we're out there now. And uh, so folks are coming in pretty regularly. Uh, I've added another 10 students in the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're adding another, another class in anticipation of more folks coming in. Uh, and then we have another class ready to come in after that. So we, uh, once that class is full, we'll start another one. Okay. So you guys are doing really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're doing really well. Uh, having a good time. People have a good time. Uh, it's not just about the fighting. There's yeah. also the whole camaraderie, brotherhood, sisterhood yeah. aspect of it. Because we all get together several times a week and kind of create a, a nice community. Yeah. So that's actually... You, brought that up and I remember seeing that on your Facebook pages I went through a bunch of your pictures and stuff there's a lot of female fighters as well we have a lot of female fighters as well yes yeah now how does that go because I know in a lot of armed combat you know men typically have an advantage they're bigger so what is it like for the women fighting as well well so the women the women have a have a have it rough in that uh, size does matter in this sport yeah Uh, not as much as as people would like to think yeah but uh, a 200-pound male against a 120-pound female, uh, she's wearing 60 pounds of armor. Yeah. He's wearing 60 pounds of armor. So she's wearing half of her weight in armor, percentage-wise. Yeah. So she's now 180. He's 200. He now weighs 260. Yeah. Right? So he's only wearing, you know, proportionately much less armor. So it's easier for him to move anyway because uh, he's managing that weight easier. Um, now, if we get everybody fit and we get everyone fighting, uh, what we find is that uh, there are some women who can fight well with the men, and just like there are some men who don't fight well with the men either, okay? <laughs> so we've got uh, two divisions set up with our women's fighters. Women have the permission or the ability to fight along with the men at any time. If they want to go fight in, a, in the competitions, uh, the open competitions, they're more than welcome to. 
However, there are many women who are uncomfortable with that, and so we've created a women's division as well. And that's growing throughout the country. We've got six, seven, eight teams around the country at this point. Hmm. Um, we have Iron Maidens, and we have the Lady Grizzlies and the She-Wolves. <laughs> we have the Queens and the Witches, and we have the Gorgons. Uh, and I think there, there are more teams coming up. So uh, women are getting a chance to fight as women's teams around the country, as opposed to just having a handful of women like we used to. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited about that aspect of the sport. However, we have some women who are pretty pretty good fighters. Uh, Sloan, who's local, fights along with the men all the time. Yeah. Uh, so she doesn't have any problem with that. Cool. I like that. I like seeing that they have the, the choice to do that. Yeah, and, and, cool. and same goes with the men. Uh, you know, we've got uh, higher competitive teams, and we have lower competitive teams. Yeah. And some, some folks who aren't as physical, who aren't as devoted to training, or aren't as physically gifted, aren't going to make it to the upper-level teams. Yeah. So just like any other sport. So it has, it's not so much about hmm. gender as it is about skill, skill yeah. and physical ability. Yeah, hmm, that's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about the league. We've talked a lot about Knights Hall. We've talked about sure. the league a little bit. Um, so the Armored Combat League. Yes, the Armored Combat League. a little history on that, and then we'll go So, uh, as I brought up before, someone showed me the video and said, what are the, you know, this is what the Russians are doing. And I'm like, wow, this, we have to do this here. And I reached out on Facebook to find out if there was anyone here in the U.S. doing it. And at the time, there was a, a Facebook group of folks who were talking about doing it, but who hadn't done it. Yeah. Most of these guys didn't have armor. There were like five or six guys on the group. Uh, there was one I know that had armor, but that was it. And uh, I found out that they had planned on going to a world championship fight in Warsaw, Poland in 2012. And this is October 18th of 2011. And I said to myself, hey, I want to do this. So I said to my wife, hey, I want to do this. And she said, well, you have a good job, and you'll kick yourself in the ass the rest of your life if you don't. Yeah. So uh, why don't you? I said, all right. And uh, I looked at the group of people, and I'm, I don't want to lose. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I said, you know, I don't think we're going to win with these guys. Let me see what I can do. Uh, about finding folks that I've known through the other medieval fighting that yeah. I've done and, you know, grab the top fighters, because most of us are bored, uh, to, to do this. And I reached out to a friend of mine who had been a competitor against me for years, uh, Andre Sanu down in New Jersey, and said, hey, I'm going to go to Poland and fight in this thing. And uh, he said, oh, those guys tried to get me to do this last year. And I'm like, oh, yeah? He's like, yeah, but there wasn't anyone there. And... I didn't have anyone to go with, so I just didn't do it. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And he said, well, I have your back. And next thing you know, we create the Armored Combat League. Uh, the league is formed really to get insurance because yeah. uh, we all have you know, our, our own possessions and we don't want to lose those for liability. So I'm like, well, we need, a, we need an entity uh, to get insurance on. So we start the Armored Combat League here in New Hampshire just to... Uh, to create a place where the insurance is, and you know, we I throw my personal money into it, and we get this thing rolling. Well, we find out that a lot of people want to do this. Yeah. So, we go to Poland with 29 of us, 
in May of 2012. We come back. We didn't do too bad. 14 countries competed. We came in fifth. Uh, but we felt like we got our butts beat because we didn't really understand the way they were fighting. Yeah. Uh, it was the punching, kicking, and and the hitting people from behind was yeah. all new to us. Oh, right, we right. hadn't we hadn't done that stuff before <clears throat> in our sport. So we came home and uh, went back. And in France, the only team to beat us was was Russia the next year. <laughs> um, there were some shenanigans there. Uh, so we talked to a bunch of other countries and created a world league called the IMCF, the International Medieval Combat Federation. Uh, and they asked me to write the rule set for that, so I did. I wrote the rules. I wrote the rules for the Armored Combat League. I wrote the rules for the IMCF as well. Uh, what our competition rules are, um, and so we created the International Medieval Combat Federation, which is where you see our international fights today. So, uh, if you saw the Vice video, uh, Vice follows us to Portugal yeah. and follows the team. Uh, so we have a bunch of folks uh, who have been training now. We've gone from me as Fighter Zero One to now about 750 fighters nationwide, and we have about 30, 40 fighters internationally part of our league. Okay. <laughs> That's really cool. So where are you looking to take it all? Are you looking to just keep it growing? Yeah, so I want to keep it growing. Uh, for one, I think uh, I'd like to build the Knights Hall uh, to be able to get about 100 fighters training there and fighting there regularly. Yeah. Um, for that, that means uh, I'm in the mill. I'm a little constrained there now. I'll probably be there for a few more years. Down the road, I need a bigger facility. So I'm looking for a, to uh, get some sort of Morton building or something larger so I can have a venue locally where we can put 200, 250 people in the seats to watch these fighters fight locally. Right now, uh, I've built my training school to also be a television studio so yeah. we can put it up on Twitch. Nice. So we put our fights up on Twitch. I uh, have a, a very limited studio audience that, you know, pays to come in and, and watch the show. Yeah. Uh, and now uh, we're, you know, putting things out there so that people can watch Knights Hall fights regularly. Yeah. But I'd love to make it bigger uh, as the school and I'd like the school to, to start to branch out to other locations and offer more classes and, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the league goes, my goal is for us to have 5,000 fighters in the U.S. so that every weekend on the calendar year there's people fighting somewhere. Yeah. That's really cool. I really hope that gets to that level. I think with the explosion of, you know, a lot of popular TV shows, you know, Game of Thrones, all that. That's a very interesting. The new Lord era. of the Rings show on Amazon oh, yeah. is going to help with that quite <clears> a bit too. People love that type of stuff, and they want to. Like I said, I had no idea you guys existed until uh, one of my friends started, mm -hmm. and I would have loved that back in the day. I still might do it now. I'm interested. I'm 53 <laughs> years old, and I'm still a current gold medalist. Yeah. So, so you can, 18 to however old. Yeah. Uh, oldest fighter. I've been fighting with a gentleman from the wooden wooden stuff to now. He's 72 years old, and he's still out there, puts yeah. on armor a few times a year. That's awesome. Well, that's really impressive. Um, anything else you want to go over quickly before we head out? Uh, so, yeah, if you, uh, folks are interested in participating at the Knights Hall, uh, find us at thenightshall.com or join us on Facebook, um, or just stop by the mill or make an appointment with me, and I'll, you know, 
do a physical assessment with you, uh, find a class for you to be part of, and kind of help you on your armored combat way. Uh, you can do it locally or you can do it internationally. We can help you with all of that. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been fun. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for watching. Definitely, if you want to do some more night fighting, reach out. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. It's pretty cool. And uh, everyone have a good day. Thank you.